Hey, my friends, if you're looking for a faster, better way to grow and scale your landscape business, you likely don't need to join just another free Facebook group or watch another YouTube video. What you need is a proven, cohesive growth strategy for your business, along with the one-on-one coaching or group coaching and accountability to support you every step of the way. And that's exactly what the Million Dollar Academy delivers to you. The Million Dollar Academy is coaching, tools, accountability, and done-free resources for landscapers who want to take the guesswork out of scaling and growing towards a profitable multiple six, even seven-figure-plus business without all the stress and all the hours of agonizing. How do I get everything done? Or am I doing this right? Or what do I need to focus on next? The Million Dollar Academy is about thinking differently and thinking bigger about how to be a successful business owner. It's about more than just being good at landscaping. It's about how to create more profit and how to scale all while relieving some of the pressure on yourself. We do have group and one-on-one coaching spots available. So if you want to go learn more, head over to milliondollarlandscaper.com forward slash academy and get in there today. Welcome back, everybody. So before we dive into today's conversation, I'll let you know today's conversation with Sundin Byrich is a continuation of last week. So if you have not listened to last week's conversation, you're going to want to pause this one, go back, listen to that one first, and then come back here. So stay tuned. It's an amazing episode. Stick around. If you've ever struggled the daily grind of making and keeping track of work orders, you have to check out Easy Beasy. Easy Beasy's easy to use, easy to learn, affordable work order and time clock app with unlimited users included with every subscription. Make and edit work orders anytime, anywhere you're working, at your desk, in your truck, on the job site, even on your couch. With Easy Beasy, you can easily copy work orders to use over and over, which is great for mowing and plowing. You can also keep track of employee timesheets, contact your customers, add notes, instructions, even pictures of your jobs. Easy Beasy works on Android and Apple devices or any tablet or computer. EasyBeasy also has a wide variety of reports so you can have all the info you need for billing right from your phone. Say goodbye to paying for extra users because everyone gets unlimited users on EasyBeasy. Try EasyBeasy for free for 30 days. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up. EasyBeasy is a simple work order and time clock app for mo crews, hardscape crews, and everything in between. Start saving time and money with EasyBeasy. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up today. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. How often should a business owner be looking at those reports? Um... I know it varies, but <laughs> yeah, I had that sigh because you know there's an ideal 
Like I could say, oh yeah, weekly, you know, but look, there's a reality too. I would say if as a professional advisor, monthly, once a month, sit down with your accountant, have them present to you, have a meeting, standalone meeting. I don't care if you're like standing there and they're just like, just raining like verbiage on you, you know, just like sit there and look at them yourself. And yeah, have that once a month meeting. When you have that meeting with them, and this can be virtual, like you don't have to, you know, go to their office. This can be virtual, save yourself time. I want you to be unapologetically questioning them, like really challenge them. And I'm going to explain why you should not feel nervous or hesitant to do this. So when I say unapologetically questioning them, like the question why is the most beautiful question in the world. Every time they say something, just say why, like, why is that important? What does that mean? Can you just take a moment to explain that a little bit more for me? You know, if it goes beyond an hour because of how many questions you're asking, okay, that's fine. You know, you, you only got so far, wait for the next month, unless it's a dire problem, you know, obviously make a note of it. You're like, Hey man, I'm, I'm about to go bankrupt. We need to figure this out, but I want to explain why you should not feel bad. And I, maybe people feel hesitant to ask these questions, either feelings of embarrassment towards the accountant. And if, if the accountant is talking down to you, you better up and leave. Like that's <laughs> not the treatment you need to be receiving. Again, a great teacher does not talk down to a person. The reason you shouldn't feel hesitant to do this, to question them, is the accountants are dependent on the success of the business owner. You do not become a nightmare client because you have a desire to understand the finances of your business. You actually become the ideal client. We grow when you grow and your growth is dependent on your understanding of this concept. I would say if you move forward with that mentality, just know they're not, they're actually going to think highly of you. They're going to be like, man, this, this person is actually on a path that where they want to level up. Having spoke to one of our academy members here recently, they actually work with an accountant and they said this exact same thing, that they were just embarrassed to actually bring up questions and they actually didn't feel comfortable doing that in front of their accountant. And this is an accountant that I would recommend. And I said, I challenge them, like, you need to ask these questions. That's what they're there for. And that's the whole reason they talk about these things. And I, I, looking back at myself, like I mentioned earlier in the episode where Katie and I were talking to the consultant, neither one of us wanted to ask the consultant to explain things in more detail because we we're a little bit embarrassed because we didn't understand it. And like you said, that, I never thought about it in the way you spoke about the accountants. We, you know, you're going to grow if we grow. So I, I do love that. That's a great analogy. And the only other thing I'll add is speaking on a team dynamics on that topic, the accountant, number one, has to be viewed as a person on your team as an advisor, as a person in your corner where you are not responsible for going and getting an accounting degree, you hire them for this reason, leverage. Like this, like, I think they say it's like the number one thing in business. If you can leverage other people's money, other people's time, other people's skills, other people's expertise, man, you can do so much more, you know? In our academy, our Millionaire Academy, we're actually gonna be having Sendin on and to kind of go over some of this stuff because it, again, it's, we don't know what we don't know. And that's why I actually invited Sendin to kind of come in and chat with some of our Academy members and discuss some of the things that we're actually talking a little bit about on the podcast today, because it is so important that we have to take the time to, like we said earlier in the podcast, this is part of the business you have to start learning. Whether it's just you're just at the beginning point or you've been doing this for a while, you have to start learning some of your numbers. You have to start learning the reports and how to interpret them. And even if you don't know 
every single thing about them, you can take that information, you have, something comes up, you can bring it to your accountant and maybe get some more definition on what the problem is or how to resolve it or whatever it is with the accountant because you understand at least some of the basic things. So I encourage you to get some education on it, whether it's joining the academy and getting into like the talks we're having or reading a book, listening to podcasts on it. I encourage you so much to start dedicating some time to actually learning some of this stuff. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there, but I just had no. to throw it in there. Like it, it's so important. Yeah. And you know, don't operate without your MRI. Don't, <laughs> yes. don't operate without your MRI. You know, financial reports are a mirror. They reflect the results of the decisions that you as the business owner are making and how you're managing your business. What's that saying? It's like, um, you can only change what you can measure or something like that. Yeah. You measure, you know, whatever. Yeah. Man, if you make a decision and you start to change something or you operate in a certain way, like you talk about job costing, that's that's an obvious, you know, measurement tool. You definitely want to, if you bid on a job at a certain price, you want a job cost to determine, do I need to tell my people to speed up or you need a course correct, course correct along the way. I mean, we talk about a, um, even our, in our personal lives, like I know for myself, if I don't do my budget weekly, like I'm going to be vulnerable here. I suck at it sometimes. Like when well, my personal budget is like, man, sometimes it's like I get to week three in the month and I'm like, oh crap, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I should have done this every week. Yeah. But when I do it, even if it gets to week three, even if I'm late, you know, because I'm human, I look at it and I'm like, oh man, I've actually really like almost overspent on going out with friends. I'm going to act differently week four. I'm going to behave differently week four. And I'm going to save myself from a negative cash flow month. And why is that important? Because behind every business, there's a reason why we're in business. It's usually there's a family behind it. We want to support our family. We want to make a great retirement for ourselves and our spouse. When we really bring a bird's eye view to the importance of this, I think it's so important, Scott, to like grasp that. Like, remember why you're here, lift our heads out of the weeds and be like, oh my God, this is why this is important. Yeah. You know? It made me bring up a thought. One of our academy members gone through our program estimating system and uh, actually went to visit them. They are actually not too far from my house. I went to visit them and I asked them because part of our program, you have to understand what goes into your overhead of your business. So we actually early on in January, we went through, created a budget for them and I went to visit them. I believe it was around August last year. So I was just asking him some general questions. You ask him where they're at in their business. You know, have they achieved their sales goal? And they're like, well, I don't know. So I went in and actually showed them in QuickBooks and showed them how to just pull up just their profit and loss statement and look at where they were in sales. And they weren't even close. I'm not downsizing what they did. They're doing good on profit, but they didn't understand to look at their profit and loss statement and to look and see, okay, well, we budgeted that we're going to do I don't remember exactly, but we'll say they're budgeted to make a million dollars that year. And they're only at whatever, $600,000 in August. And here in Indiana, that's, you know, season's getting close to wrapping up. So you have to look at some of these numbers to build to make adjustments to, in your game plan. And if you wait till the end of the season to do that, or you wait to go to your accountant and say, how did I do this year? Like you said, you can't make those course corrections unless you start looking at those numbers on a regular basis, whether it's monthly or whatever, but you have to do this early on because like I said, one of our academy members, and this is, I looked at it myself. I'm like, crap, this is part of me. I'm, I'm supposed to be helping you. And I didn't teach them that you need to be doing this every monthly. Now I do have in the course, but I need to state this more often. Like you need to be looking at reports. You need to be doing job costing. You need to be doing all these things. And so I, I changed my, the way I approach and, and coach our people, you have to do this more often. So 
So I guess, long story short, you have to be looking at these reports. You have to be looking at on a regular basis, like Sendin said, to be able to make those adjustments. And like you said, just doing the job costing to make your adjustments on how to improve your team or your estimating. You have to be able to do these things on a regular basis. And we get stuck again, going back to working on our business, not in our business. And we just did an episode on this because it's so important. You have to take the time to work on your business. Yeah, that's, you know, time management, but also, you know, this is understanding these financial statements, how to take actions on them. Man, Scott, we're gonna have to like do another podcast or something. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, we, we, we haven't even gotten to the like, all right, you know, what are the things to look out for in the statements? Because I would love to go into that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I just want to say this also is accounting and the, this ability to interpret and analyze statements, it is a skill. It is not a talent. It's not a talent. I was not born with this ability. It is a skill. A skill can be learned. The way skills are learned, it's like learning a language through immersion. Like you just you just move to France and you know, they're like, you know, and you're like, wow, like yes, I'll I'll get that one, you know? But like that day one, you like suck at French. And then like day two, you maybe like learn one word. But then by day 30, by day 60 of just this repetitive practice, you were like this French speaking guru, you know, like you got this, you know, uh, you can get by throughout the day. Yeah. Same thing with accounting and this ability to understand the statements is it's a skill. It can be learned, but it, it does take repetitive practice. A time management tool that I use in my business is I usually every quarter I have one to two initiatives. That's like, all right, these are things that really matter in my business. I really need to focus on improving them or changing them or deleting them or whatever it is. And I'll keep them one to two so I don't get ADD. I don't get shiny object (laughs) syndrome. But every morning, the first thing on my to-do list for an hour, I work towards one of those initiatives. That way, no matter what happens throughout the day, I did the most important thing in my business. You know, so... I think the best action step here is, you know, shoot an email to your accountant and be like, hey, I would like to set up monthly meetings and create a recurring monthly meeting on your calendar with alerts and everything. But for the rest of the year, like, hey, we're like, all right, does Wednesday work for you at, you know, at 2 p.m. on the first week, you know, or however, ask them how long it will take them to prepare reports. Usually it's by the second week of the month. Be like, oh, yeah, Wednesday's at 2 work. Awesome. Virtual Zoom meeting, recurring. Got it. And at the end of the day, don't miss that meeting. It's like the doctor, right? They show you the MRI. They're like, look, man, stop eating potato chips. You know? <laughs> and then you go back and you eat potato chips. Like, don't, don't do that. Don't be that person, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, I agree. And it does take some dedication and time that you just have to put aside to. And I, I love that point. Just put it in your calendar. That's how I am. It wasn't until I realized that I start putting things in my calendar and dedicate the time to do it, whether it's education or, or whatever it is. If I don't put it in my calendar, things will fill up my schedule very, very quickly. That's where I think a lot of landscapers get stuck. They're just busy putting out fires, taking care of employees, taking care of customers, but they don't think about, well, I have to take care of my business because you have to have that business to be able to take care of yourself. It leads in this vicious cycle of things that you have to do it. Yeah. So send it. I'd love this conversation. Do you have time to keep going or did you want to? I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Like, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I guess on this note, we're all in business to make money. That's the whole purpose. And the, the purpose of this business is like you talked about earlier is to help get your parents to retire or help get your life to where you wanted to be able to take vacations or buy your spouse a new home or whatever it is that you're looking to do. But in order to do that, we have to have profit. So I'd love to kind of continue this conversation talking about profit and why it's so important. Yeah. You know, I want to say something here. We're definitely going to talk about profit, but I want 
everyone who's listening to also be aware of this is that there is a number in business that's known as free cash flow. Profit is a building block to free cash flow. I actually, I have a recommendation. Sure. There's this book, The Ultimate Blueprint for an Insanely Successful Business by Keith Cunningham. Man, I'm like speechless just even like, I'm like, what do I even say about this book? Because it's like amazing in terms of exactly what we're talking about. Like go to your library, put it on reserve, pick it up, just start reading it, you know, bedtime. I believe that he he does a pretty good job at communicating this information. It's definitely like some things are going to flow over your head, but um, wow, it is one of the top finance, business finance accounting books out there. But he talks about this concept of free cash flow. And Warren Buffett, actually, his entire investing strategy is like built on free cash flow. I just read some articles about that. So I just wanted to seed that in for people because we can't get into free cash flow, but at least I can say that book and I'd be like, for later, you know, table that discussion. But profit, it has a purpose. You know, when I asked that question, like, is your profit large enough? Because just seeing a positive number on the income statement, we have to caution to be like, is this, this is not being good yet. When we analyze the statements, it is not being good yet. It serves three like main purposes. When we generate a profit, the business has to do the following. It's either going to make a decision that it's going to buy more income generating assets. It's either going to use that profit to repay debt that it owes. And then finally, it's going to distribute those profits to the owner or owners. The reason free cash flow is brought up by people like Keith is when we look at profit, let's say you profited um, 20% for a month, which would be great. I, as your management accountant, would look at that and be like, okay, but how much did we actually, like how much cash actually came in the bank from that? In the statement of cash flows, you're gonna see this um, first line item that says operating activities. Operations of a business is like the magic of the business. This is, you know, me, I'm a management accountant. I provide an accounting service. That area on the statement of cash flows, it measures how much cash am I generating just by providing my service. For a landscaper, it measures how much cash your business is generating just by being a landscaper and providing your service. Hugely important number, hugely important section in the array of these three reports, right? It happens on the last report, statement of cash flows, top portion of the page, operating activities. What it does is, you know what's the nightmare of my life? Is the most important report is the most complex to understand. And it's like, crap, you know, why does this have to be this way? The first line is your profit. It says, here's your profit, boom. It has a 20% margin, let's say for that month, uh, you were at, you know, $25,000 profit. And it says, there's this line right underneath that says, adjustments to reconcile net income to net cash provided by operations. All that means is they're saying, hey, this financial statement is telling us net income or profit is not cash. So we're going to convert it. We're going to change it. And then it starts to go down your balance sheet and it says accounts receivable. Of your profit, how much did you actually receive in the bank from your customers? Hugely important number. And so if you didn't receive on all those invoices yet, it's going to show a negative line item. And so it's going to reduce your profit to say, yeah, you didn't actually receive $25,000. You received $21,000. Very important for us to know. And then it goes down, you know, your payroll liabilities are very common and things like that. Um, Credit cards will show up there because imagine this, you use your credit card for expenses, money didn't leave your bank account. 
So those expenses show up on your income statement. They reduce your profit, but because you swiped your credit card, money didn't leave your bank yet. So that shows up as a positive number. And we'll go into this like tomorrow, but at the end of the day, you get this result, this net cash number that came from your operations. One of the most important numbers, it's called operating cash flow. So if that number is positive, okay, after we go from profit, we can be like, we can have a little sigh of relief and be like, okay, great, that's good. That means we did decent on collections. We maybe delayed some payments for vendors that we don't have to pay yet, things like that. But there's a relationship between operating cash flow and profit. What management accounts do, they divide these two numbers. And here's why. It measures how productive you are at converting your profit into cash. Because at the end of the day, collections is a big activity in your business. If you're not collecting on invoices, demanding deposits, managing your cash flow, that's going to show to me on the financial statements. And so one activity that I leave you with, like if we have a meeting and I'm like, look, your accounts receivable is growing. I see your operating cash is suffocating because of it. This is a big priority over the next week, you know? So you walk away with action items. That's huge. So it's the productivity percent of your business. How productive are you at converting profits into operating cash? And now we got this positive number of operating cash flow. And so now we say, is this large enough? Is this number large enough to cover the debts we have to pay, to cover how much the owner needs for their personal life, if they're not on salary, if they take draws, how much the owner needs for their personal life? And this one third thing that is like, no one talks about it. I mean, people talk about it, but you know, I just, I just got to, I got to build up. To this. <laughs> but uh, is it large enough to repay debts, give money to the owner and set aside money for future purchases? Every single one of your assets has a lifespan. Your vehicles have a lifespan. They're going to go under at some point and you're going to have to replace it. Your equipment has a lifespan. Same concept. Is that operating cash flow enough? You know, this is when we take operating cash flow, I'll just briefly insert this. When you take operating cash flow and you subtract out that money you're supposed to be saving for those assets that you have to purchase again, your vehicles you have to purchase again down the road, 10 years down the road. I don't care how far out it is. If it's 20 years down the road, we're starting to build cash towards that purchase. That is free cash flow. I'm going to give an example that I think is easier to understand. Consider a taxi cab business. One person, solo operator, driving a car, picking up people, dropping them off, earning money. Their operating cash flow in year, you know, XYZ, year five is $100,000. Their operating cash flow. So they generate some profit. They had some customers that didn't pay. They just ditched. So the net is $100,000 in operating cash flow. But they're driving this car. The car is designed to generate them revenue. The example is like, if they had to replace that car every year because they just tack on so much mileage, right? They have to buy that car, let's say it's used, whatever, $40,000 every year. Investing cash flow. That's what that is, investing cash flow. How much money do you need to pay for your assets on a year-to-year basis? $40,000 for this taxi cab driver. So if they go about their life thinking they have $100,000 to spend each year, they are wrong. It's 60000 because you have to set aside that money to pay for that car. You could say, oh, but I'll take a loan. You know, the loan, you know, I can only put a down payment on it, et cetera. 
that's fine. Like that's fine. But a successful, prosperous business, if we want to design it to be that way, is independent of financing. It can survive on its own. It generates enough cash, you know, and you've managed the cash. You've saved enough on a regular basis. I think a great point is to relate this to our personal lives. This was scary to me when I kind of thought about this. It is a scary topic. Consider our personal life. Consider a W-2 employee, like they, they receive a paycheck, right? Twice a month. So they're doing their budget. They're like, all right, you know, I have to pay my rent or mortgage, whatever, and pay utilities, pay a grocery bill, pay socializing with friends, et cetera. Let's say they live in a house and they know that when they bought the house, the roof was already on it. It wasn't a new roof. It was seven years in. I don't know, like, let's say a roof needs to be replaced every 20 years or something like that, just for the sake of the example. And it's going to cost you $15,000 or $20,000. In your budget, if you get that leftover cash and you're like, oh, it was positive this month, we were able to save money. Was it enough to save money on a monthly basis to replace your roof in 15 years? Dude, I get shivers when I think about that because it's not just the roof, it's retirement, it's the HVAC system, it's your own car, your personal car. When I had this realization, I was like, this concept of free cash flow, you have operating cash, right? Which is, again, I'm, I'm going to reiterate these terms operating cash, which is your profit, but how much cash actually was profited? Operating cash flow, hugely important. And then is it large enough to set aside money to replace your equipment and your vehicles? If you can do that, you got free cash flow, and then we can repay debts, and then we can distribute money to owners. That, that's so true. And I would even take a little step further, at least for the equipment side of things. We, in our program, we make sure the person that's doing our program, going through understanding what their equipment is costing them, they have to add in toolboxes, first aid kits, stickers, wraps, you know, lights, everything they put on their truck. Those are additional items you have to be able to put in there because it's part of us have that requirement. You have to have the lights or you have to have, you know, you want to be able to market your business. So you put the wraps on there, but you have to add in all these additional costs that most people don't think about. And if you just go put in what the truck is, $50,000, well, you're not covering all those additional costs and not that coming off your profit. So make sure you're incorporating that and inflation too. And that tells me, Scott, you understood what I said, yeah. because that is exactly, that was the next like lead in is this is why in the Soar's Doors and Moors estimating systems that they have that line item in there, right? As you teach us, Scott, it's like, this is your vehicle. This is your equipment. What's the lifespan? What was the purchase price? When do we expect to replace it? What's the maintenance on it? That's all happens on the accounting side. For me, I see that at the very end. It's just how it's designed. It's investing cash flow. And I have to go back in time and coach the clients like, all right, you're not saving enough, right? It's not generating enough cash for those. And that's why it's so like how you estimate, how you price your jobs. Like, I, I love this guy. This is now, it's, it's all coming together, you know? <laughs> how you price your jobs now, if you can, you, you're going to become the Bob Ross of your financial statements. You're going to be it. painting this picture of like, man, I'm estimating properly. I'm using the system. I'm not nervous to deliver this price because now I understand. Now I understand why this is such a high price as it seems, but really I'm making my business independent of loans. And so you start to paint this picture and all of a sudden when I review your statements with you, it's like, 
everything looks beautiful. Everything's looked beautiful. You, you're generating a healthy profit. You're generating operating cash flow that exceeds your investing cash flow. And now we have this number free cash flow and the cash in the bank just builds and builds and builds. <laughs> can you imagine the feeling that you get when you get to that point? You can start putting the money away and know that you're going to be comfortable. If something happens, you can go buy that truck or whatever it is that you need. It is an amazing feeling. And unfortunately, many people don't get to that point. They don't realize and think about all these different things. That's why I love having you on today to talk about all these things, because it, it is so important to really expand your mind on this and realize all the true costs that goes into running your business. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, just I keep thinking about empathy is like, is that, you know, when someone tells you you're pricing wrong, you need to increase your price. This is the price you're going to go to the customer with to execute on that is a whole different part of the conversation because to do things right in business is emotionally gut-wrenching. Like it is not easy to make these decisions and to execute on these activities to either, if you have a monthly ongoing client, to have to go to them, knock on their door and be like, look, here's the deal. And you, you would explain it however you explain it, but that's a skill in itself is just to say, I have to increase your fee and here's why. It's just based off the numbers. You know, it's, it's increasing to this amount. I would love to have you. But to do that would mean potentially losing a customer. And we have to change our mentality around we're not here to grow big. We're not here to grow a big business. We're here to grow a rich business. You know, losing a customer is not bad. Losing a profitable customer is bad. But losing a customer that's forcing you into losses is not bad. When we think about our competitors in our business, the other landscaping companies in our area, it's like if, you, if you've got a competitive edge, which I hope everyone does, it's like, man, this is a sport at the end of the day. <laughs> They're like your enemies. You're like, man, I, I got to beat them. I'm going to beat them with honesty and integrity and ethics, but I'm going to beat them. But the other enemy that I, we have to change our mentality around is the bad, unprofitable customer. You swat them away like you have to. And at the end of the day, because I experience it, Scott, it breaks my heart. I say what needs to happen. I say, this is the thing that needs to change. And they don't change it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reality of every coach in all aspects of life, not just business, of a high school track coach. When he sees the potential in his kid, he sees the potential, he tells him what he needs to do, but the kid doesn't do it. And the coach is just like heartbroken. Like, you know, he's like, man. There's really something there. So I want everyone to recognize at the end of the day, it's like you could get the answer, but just be ready to have the confidence, have that self-talk to yourself to be like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing and do it. You know, uh, Just kind of along those notes of having a client that's basically costing you money. We had a, we have an academy member that's been going through a program for a while. We started really looking at the numbers. They came to us. They were literally on the verge of going bankrupt. And we started looking at what she was charging their clients and we figured up to, you know, what they need to be charging per hour. So we just took just a quick calculation, found out what they need to be charging per hour, started looking at what they were charging their customers and broke that down per hour. And they had multiple clients that were under that, what they need to be charging just to, to break even. So, you know, we started telling them like, hey, you need to, you know, you need to start getting rid of some of your clients. I'm not saying you go out and get rid of all your clients. Let's start with 10% of those clients. And it took them a while to really want to do that mentally. They're like, well, if I get rid of these clients then I won't have any work for my employees and I'm losing employees, I'm like, I understand that. But if you continue 
to go down this rabbit hole, you're going to be worse off than what you are now because it's literally costing you money every time you send your crews out there. You'll never be able to get ahead in, in your business, your life. You're not going to be able to get those employees raises and they can do what they need to because you're not charging enough. And it's so important to really, I know I stress this over and over, but you have to understand these numbers. You have to be able to take those numbers, interpret them on a timely basis and make sure you're charging enough so you can get the life that you want and do what you want and not be stressed out and not have to come to a coach or accountant and say, hey, I'm going bankrupt. What do I need to do? Because then it might be too late or it's going to be very difficult to get out of that position. You gave them the best advice, Scott. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the best advice that they could have received. I like to say this is that if, if you have a business that's full of unprofitable clients or customers, you have what I call like a fake business. It's like, it's not a real business, you know? And so to lose them, and I get it, like, I, dude, I, I get it. it. It is not easy. It's not, you build this thing up and you got to tear it down to build it back up the right way, you know? And that's just one scenario. You know, when we analyze th statements, sometimes it's a different issue, but pricing is actually very common, so... But again, it goes back to, like we said, having, you know, the, the dirty word profit and having a true profit where you actually can put money away, put money in the bank and, and be able to pay yourself comfortably. Because I, I'm sure you've come across it where even the homeowner can't take the draws or can't take the paycheck that they need to because the business isn't making the money they need to. And it's, it all goes back to understanding these numbers. Yeah. So. But again, I appreciate you being on. This has been an amazing show. We're going to have to do another one to kind of even go into more details, perhaps on these individual reports, because that could be a whole episode on its own, I think. So, but I, I appreciate you being on here. Is there anything that you wanted to add that we didn't really touch on that you wanted to kind of close with today? I would just give one to two action items at the end is like, you know, and every business is different, but if I had to give like, this is a suggestion on how to impact and change your business right here, right now. We talked about number one, changing your mentality, losing a customer is bad. So to do that, Scott, you, exactly what you did with your client, you list your customers top to bottom, write how much they get invoiced for, list your costs for them, which means pulling your timesheets, pull your job costing sheets, total up your costs, order these customers top to bottom. And for the ones you need to let go, maybe just, you don't have to let them go, but just issue the price increases. Who stays, stays, who doesn't, leaves. But if you don't have job costing sheets to pull up, that's step number one, you know? You can only change what you can measure. I think in the process of doing these action items as business owners, there's not a one solution to fix this. It's not a one solution fix all. It's not like you're going to lose these customers and all oh, it's profits everywhere. No, it is a series of small actions taken consistently over time. And we have to get comfortable with the feeling of delayed gratification, which is just tough. It's tough. You just have to know and convince yourself and have the confidence that, hey, I'm being advised the right way. I'm going to be doing these things. They suck. I'm not seeing the results yet, but I will. I'll wake up one morning. I'll be like, man, we got it. We did it. The final one is, you know, I mentioned with investing cash flow regarding those costs. If you have too expensive of a truck to do the same job that a used truck can do, then you're making it that much harder for yourself, you know? So it's not just for trucks, it's with equipment and everything. So just I think that mentality is important. Take away that pimp factor. So that would be the only thing that I have to end with. I think Scott, man, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm filled with gratitude uh, for the opportunity for us to educate, you know, the world on this. I hope we changed the life, you know, like that's, that's uh, seriously, I, you know, I hope we did. Yeah. Sendin, this is great. How can people reach out to you and get hold of you if they need some bookkeeping services? And I guess tell us a little bit about what types of services you provide in your business. 
Yeah. So um, we are a bookkeeping and management accounting service and firm. We believe strongly in the bookkeeping. The bookkeeping is the ground level data. If we don't get the bookkeeping right, we can't get accurate reports. So we, we offer bookkeeping as a service all for the purpose of, yes, we're going to file taxes. Yes, we're going to be compliant to the IRS. But above all, we're going to build these numbers so that we can take actions on them and we can understand them. That service pretty much includes all the bookkeeping from every month to month. And then every month, I almost mandate a meeting with my clients. So you sit down with us. It's a Zoom call. We show you the financial statements and we communicate. It's a conversation. We get vulnerable. You know, I demand almost vulnerability because a great team has to call each other out, has to be open, has to point out the problems without sugarcoating things. Uh, Beyond that, there is a CFO service that I offer that is more management accounting where we didn't touch on these topics today, Scott, but there's certain ratios that we track, like looking at financial statements, those are absolute numbers, but the trend lines, how are these numbers moving over time? That's where we really can make real informed decisions. So that's a CFO service that I do offer. Beyond that, as far as like reaching me and getting in contact, I would say three avenues. My favorite is go on Facebook, search up my name, send in Byrich, and just shoot me a friend request. I do all my activity just on my personal profile. And I like to think of it as I want to be surrounded by like-minded people, by like-minded professionals who all are family-oriented. We're all geared towards either retiring our parents or retiring ourselves with our spouse or sending our kids off to college but we're geared towards business success. We're not afraid to invest in ourselves. So friend me on Facebook so we can just all stay connected in that fashion. My website is sendinbookkeeping.com. There's a contact form there. If you are if you want to set up a consult, we can do that. And then of course you can always email me, which is sendin. And sendin is like you're sending a message, but with no G at the end. So S-E-N-D-I-N at sendinbookkeeping.com. So great. We'll have all this information down in our show notes too. So whether you listen to the podcast or watching on YouTube, check that out. Go check out Sendin. I love working with people like Sendin who are passionate about our industry and are willing to educate people because I, I, I strongly, strongly believe in that. Like I said, I've personally worked with an accountant in the past that were just there to do our taxes. And that's not what we need in our industry. Most of us, again, do not understand all the business side and do not understand all the numbers. So I encourage you to reach out to Sendin and just use them to level up your business and to build to make those better financial decisions. Because in the end, it is all about making money so we can do what we want to do in our business. And you can't do that without looking at and making the budgets and looking at the balance sheet, looking at the profit loss state ca- statement of cash flow. So again, reach out to send in and really take advantage of this service. I encourage you to do that. Senator, this has been awesome. I greatly appreciate being on the show and we're we'll definitely have to have you back on to help continue our, our uh, drive to educate this industry. Yeah. No, thank you so much, Scott, for everything. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And um, just a real quick note, if you are interested in sending, reach out to him. Uh, we still have openings in our Million Dollar Academy and our Profits Up, where we actually dive into some of these numbers. Sending himself has actually gone through our program and it does help you understand your numbers, understand what all your true costs are and allow you to be able to estimate what you need to charge that customer based on your numbers, not just guessing and not just hoping and crossing your fingers that you're going to make a profit. You're going to see your end result. You're going to see what you're going to make gross profit. All those numbers are laid out in our estimating system. So go check out the Million Dollar Academy. Go check out 
our profits up program, it'll definitely help you understand your numbers a little bit better. So again, thank you, Sunday. And I hope to have you on the show again here in the future. No, thank you, Scott. And yeah, I, I would just second that. Yeah, definitely, definitely go to Scott, you know, for any questions that you have, even just set up a meeting yeah. And, yeah. and start there. So yeah. no, thank you, Scott. All right. Well, guys, I appreciate you joining us and hope you have a great day. That's a wrap on another exciting episode here of the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Now, thank you for joining us on this journey and thank you for being a member of our community. Remember our motto, do it dirty means just get started and not be afraid of making mistakes. We honestly believe this is one of the keys to the success in this industry and in life. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment, head over to Apple and leave us a review. Your support helps us reach more listeners and bring even more value to the show. Until next time, keep doing it dirty and grow your business to new heights.